Greetings. Before the show begins, I thought I'd make a quick note saying that about a little more than an hour in, I lost internet, so we the main recording got got cut off. They did rec- finish recording the show without me through the Zoom internal recordings, the, and then I pieced things together the best I could. So, please understand and enjoy the show. Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 284, recorded on June 11th, 2020. On tonight's episode, we have special guest Bobby Pauls, the Nintendo guru himself, the latest game announcements, and E3. Jesse, play that funky music. everyone welcome to nintendo dads i should actually probably call this playstation dads because that's probably where we're gonna really sit in that pocket today but ladies and gentlemen my name's justin masson i'm in the driver's seat of this hot garbage fire train wreck that is the nintendo dads podcast but joining me in this dumpster fire is of course three of the coolest guys around the internet first and foremost the man the myth the legend the most amazing podcast friend that i have timothy all timothy how are you today sir I'm doing great. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> you threw me off there, but oh, actually, I'm not doing great. Actually, something disappointed me earlier today, uh, or I'm bummed about, and that's there's no kids in our Discord community that is drawing my avatar. They're drawing all the other Nintendo dads' avatars, but mine. What happened? Right? I what saw that. That is that is so awesome. <laughs> I I I was shocked when I saw that picture. I was like, this kid is drawing our avatars. Uh, man, that is. That is so yeah, awesome. That's pretty cool, yes. That was so awesome. cool, yeah. <laughs> uh, I felt like I wanted a picture of myself on my own fridge that a kid drew, so that was weird. Yeah. Speaking of a person who will uh, pose nude if you want for pictures, Jesse Waldack. Jesse, how are you today, sir? I will. <laughs> I don't know. It's for the kids. That's that's not right. That's that, no, that's, no, 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 that's, no. That's so not right. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, 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 I think we'd, be, we'd get banned from Mixer just for that statement. Let's, let's. I'm actually, I'm actually going to undo this button one more just to see what happens. You know what I'm saying? Let's risk it. Let's see what happens. Let's go crazy. You know, the you know? chest hairs and the mustache all together. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Jesse, you doing well? Yeah. Uh, well, except for the uh, the hour and 15 minutes this afternoon when I was watching something, some video that we'll talk about later. Okay. All right. Well, I'm excited to hear your impressions of, uh, of the latest podcast playstation stuff i had something i was going with and it derailed you could hear the train going off the track speaking of a man whose train never goes off the track he pulls it into station every single week on twitch youtube one of my favorite people all around of course i'm talking about mr bobby paul's the nintendo guru bobby how are you today glad you said me i'm glad you said me and not uh not sean capre so right yeah right because yeah. normally the last time i was on here you were having like little kissing pinks and all that stupid stuff going on so i'm glad that he's pushed aside and you're back to reality back well i i'm 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 attracted to the mustaches you know what i'm saying like I, that's I just, the, yeah. just I'm, the way I'm we're sean's going. in the chat wondering what did i do i don't even think sean can grow a mustache to be honest with you for well me. Pro, you know probably just like takes like little cat hairs and super glues them on well i think he does and, and he's probably. got this five o'clock shadow all the time yeah. but it's never he can't get it fully grown in. i heard that wasn't even five o'clock shadow that was just soot 
just soot, like makeup soot. I think it's just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, because I was near him one time and I can't, yeah. like we hugged, I was going to yeah. kiss, but we hugged and like, yeah. I had like brown stuff on my face yeah. and then like got and, all over like, you. Beard was missing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, it happens. I totally get that. <laughs> totally get that. Bobby, we're excited to have you here. Thank you. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to obviously talk about all the amazing things that you're doing. We are a familiar faces podcast. So not probably a lot of people know you or need your, or know more, or need to know more about you, but we're going to leave that space later. There's some amazing things that you're doing uh, that we need to make Thank sure you. we direct people to as well. Guys, uh, like I did say, or as Tim kind of talked about as well, it's a little bit of a slow news week, so we are going to kind of let our conversation wander where it will. Uh, I'm very excited. But of course, we have got our, our chat here. We've got YouTube. We've got Twitch. So guys, join us in that conversation uh, as well. We're excited to do that. But of course, let's jump right into the news. Mr. Timothy Alphus, our news brought to us by today. 7-Eleven for the Slurpees. Thank you. I appreciate that. Good plug. By the way, seven, this this stream is, can we put a, like a banner? Hashtag sponsored by 7-Eleven. Hashtag not sponsored by 7-Eleven. Hashtag, hashtag probably wish. won't be. Hashtag <laughs> I ate a taquito and I don't feel good. Right? Uh-oh. So let's see what happens. So who's it actually supported by? By our Patreons, of course. Excellent. Of course, over on patreon.com backslash Dads. And I want to give a huge shout out to Robert Kent. Paul D and Frankie P who have joined us over on patreon.com backslash Nintendo dads, 120 Patreons supporters every single month. Guys, we are so thankful for you there. It's amazing things going on in our community. Uh, man, I was so, sometimes I just, I'm just so impressed by the love of our community. Uh, I had someone reach out to me privately said, I have been having some really tough times and your community is keeping me going. And so that was, that was pretty special. Uh, so guys, wherever you are, whatever you do, and I, I hopefully you, you are well, you are safe, um, and you're minding each other, right? Mind yourself, mind each other, care for each other. But guys, uh, that is it. We're going to jump right into the news. As I mentioned, it's a slow Nintendo news day or news week. I am not going to lie to you. However, uh, we have some things I do want to talk about here. It's kind of supposed to be E3 week, right? Let's like, let's. Let's let's take a moment, sit there and think about this. Last year, this time, we were still high on the moon. We had got Banjo-Kazooie announced for Smash Brothers, and we had seen Breath of the Wild 2 trailer. Nintendo kind of walked out, dropped their mic and said, we've won E3, have a good day. And here we are now, 365 days later, and it is quiet. Right? Pandemic occurred. We're not at E3. Jesse was literally supposed to be there this week. He has, he has his... He had his flights booked. He had his media badge. He had his hotel room paid for. Um, so we're kind of lamenting a little bit of that. We wish we were there. But of course, it is kind of E3 weekend. We're getting bits and bobs of information across uh, various platforms. So we've got we've had some sort of directs, right? Gorilla Collective has got theirs coming up very soon. Today was obviously PlayStation's event. IGN has got their stuff going on. Jeff Keighley's got his stuff. Jeff Grubbs has got content going on. Um, I just want to sit in this pocket and talk about, like, how are you guys doing with this mix mash kind of smorgasbord, I guess, or buffet-style E3 event that we're having across the platforms? Bobby, how do you think this is going with you? Um, bad. It's very bad for me. I'm, I don't feel like this is E3 at all. You know, like, obviously it's not E3, but it just feels so out of sorts. Um, like, Dude, I think everybody normally has like time off 
by the way, can we can we seriously? Why is Jesse getting a free pass with this? You killed E3. Like the minute that you got <laughs> announced to go there, like everything fell apart in the world. So no, it was literally like the week afterwards. We were like, congratulations. We're going. We're very excited. Yay. Community next week. We're not going. It's got canceled. But, <laughs> yeah, but it, but business it feels, cards printed and everything. Yeah. Uh, business card printed. <laughs> See? Uh, Jesse, next year you do not go to E3. If they, I don't care if they're like, you are going to actually go sit with Doug Bowser and present the next Nintendo game. You go, sorry guys, I can't go. You can't do yeah. it. That's exactly <laughs> but, uh, it. <laughs> but now it, it just feels very out of sorts for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. And, and because this is the time where most of us take off of work, mm-hmm. you know, especially for me, like I, every year I stream. <laughs> but the chat's now ha- uh, going hashtag blame Jesse. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Fair. <laughs> they're they're with me. They do the deal. Uh, but it's so weird that like we're not taking off work, we're not live streaming, we're not doing anything. And it's like the weird the weirder thing is all these other companies seem to be still trying to do something, mm-hmm. and Nintendo's doing nothing. And it's like, yeah. what is happening? So it's it for me, it's very melancholy. I'm not very happy right now with it all. Yeah, and that's and that's a great point, right? Like I think, you know, as 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 we typically do our planning, right? Like we would have had like either Roger or you or, or some of our other really common friends in our in our community come and join us middle of May, end of May, and start saying, Oh, E three predictions, right? And we'd yeah. jump on and we'd stream them together, right? And we'd have predictions. And then, man, Bobby, I'm over on your show and you're over on ours, and we're yeah. over with like and it feels and despite not being a, an event that we're going to we feel very attached and in that moment right like yeah. you feel like you're it's really about it's about experiencing that together as a community both yourself and as the broader one as well and i would tend to agree with you like i feel very disjointed and the thing that i feel is i feel disconnected from information and what i mean by that is not that like there's a lack of information because there really is right like oh it's jeff Keeley's thing it's it's just, but when I when I go when I think of E three, I this sounds funny. I know where I need to watch. Yeah. What I mean by that is I I know that I'm going to pay attention to Ubisoft, and I know that I'm going to pay attention to you know if they've got an indie platform thing, I'm gonna, you know the kind of funny showcase. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch that. Maybe I might hang out and watch a little bit of EA, but I'm probably not going to hang out at Bethesda stuff. I'm probably not going to watch Xbox. I'm not going to watch Microsoft or sorry Sony. You know, but, but then I'm going to watch Nintendo, right? Because I knew where I needed to watch. But now I don't know. I feel like I need to watch everywhere. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, for me, I watched everything. Yeah. E3 was, I streamed every event. Didn't matter. Like me and Sean would do Xbox, stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. we would, you know, we get in groups. So I get in groups of pockets and be like, hey, you and I, like me and Badman, I think did Sony like last year or whatever yeah. and Sean was at E3 last year so I didn't do really anything with him I think I did Xbox with Bad Bit uh, I went up doing Bethesda and stuff like and, and I and I loved it because it was just like a way for me to actually just see what everybody was doing and a way to like you get to know this is the, the, the chart course for every company that's coming out and now it just feels like we don't know what the heck's going on and, and like I man I'll be honest with you like I expected more out of Keeley when he first announced he was going to be doing something mm-hmm. and it's really just feels disjointed what he's doing um one day he's doing stuff the next day you know is is kind of sounds like he's taking credit for everyone else's show and he's just kind of pretending mm-hmm. it's all his idea exactly exactly 
Well, I kind of feel like Jeff Keighley just made like the largest Google calendar ever and just shared it. Do you know what I mean? Like that was yeah. like, yeah. like what, I, what I appreciate about Jeff is that, that like, I don't feel like he's trying to take credit. I feel like he's like, there's a lot of threads out here and I'm going to try and pull it into at least one spot where you know kind of where to watch. But like what I mean by that, like, so great example today, IGN was doing some, doing their summer stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I kind of watched a little bit of the beginning. I was like, I, nothing I'm really super interested. In. And then right before the PlayStation event, I jump in and I see this like really cool looking game. I was like, holy cow, what is this? This looks awesome. Turns out it's Spellbound, by the way, which, by the way, is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Oh, this now has my attention, right? Now I'm interested. But had I not just kind of been jumping back into that to watch that, I wouldn't have known. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that would have been that would have been part of a Nintendo Direct, right? A hot sizzle reel. Boom. There you go. These are these are the 25 games we've got coming. It's, it's just mentioned. But you knew. But now I feel like I'm literally like combing through, hoping that I get a press release about something. Maybe I see a tweet about something. Like I just feel very disjointed in, 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 and I, I think maybe, maybe I'm just being very selfish because I'm looking for a very specific window, which is Nintendo related content, right? Um, so I don't know. Uh, Tim, what are you thinking? I'm lost with this because I've been so used to having something to look forward to coming up. And like you said, like, uh, E3 would announce when they were having the conferences or people who were going to make a conference around E3 would do that. You knew what to expect. You knew what to look forward. Like you said, Justin, just to say, Hey, I know I want to watch a, B and C. I don't need to watch X, Y, Z. You know, I can add this to my calendar. I don't need to do this. I think that's what they were trying to do, but then it became all discombobulated when it first was IGN, then Jeff Keighley and then, um, the, the other ones you mentioned, you know, just all these different ones doing all their different shows, but it's not under one umbrella. It's, yeah. it's all lost. And I'm like, it's hard to, E3 was already hard to keep up and that was all under one umbrella. And yeah. so now it's all under all these different umbrellas and now it's even harder to keep up on. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I took the week off from work just like I normally would have anyway, even if I wasn't going, I would normally still take the week off so I can say I am focusing on E3 content and absorb everything I can absorb. But literally today was the first day of any information. So mm-hmm. I feel like I just lost a week. Yeah. I thought somebody, I, you know, it, to me, the thing that didn't make any sense was why people still didn't do anything at all. Um, I'm surprised Xbox didn't do anything. Like it, it's real strange to me because, and especially Nintendo, I, I think Nintendo of all of them kind of, upsets me a little bit it's because dude you are the master of the digital events you've been doing these you've been mastering them and doing them for so long to do nothing at all just makes no sense whatsoever and i mean we've heard rumors like the past couple of weeks that like they basically told all third parties and and, and indie teams like if you're going to make announcements go ahead and make them on your own because we're not doing anything and it's like it's just weird it, it's it's even weird for nintendo you know, to some degree, I feel to, yeah. just, to just shut off all communication whatsoever, except for tweets now and again. Yeah. And I think, and I, I mean, I think all of us, all, like every fan, whether it's PlayStation or Xbox always looks at E3 as kind of that like Christmas. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's like, man, we're looking forward to it. Right. Yeah. And, and Nintendo has had some bangers, right. Especially as they move transitioned into the switch. Right. And I think, yeah. It was, it was, it was just this week, like a Tuesday. I was like, I just really miss, like, I miss that excitement around it, right? I miss, like, 
Bobby, like, what do you think is going to be there? Let's talk yeah. about it, right? And it's like high hopes, high expectations, not grounded in reality, but just a lot of fun. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes you're right and sometimes you're wrong, but yet it just feels it feels void. Can, you know um, something? And I, and I think this needs to be recognized. I think every single person on the internet that talk crap about E3 – that it's a garbage event and all this stuff. They need to realize what's going on right now and go, you know what? We're going to shut up. We're going to support E3 and be happy with what they give us and what happens. Because at the end of the day, this is not what we want. Like we've been very fortunate to be able to like take the week off and enjoy the week and, and get all this stuff that comes in. And how many times do we get this thing where people, where you see on Twitter, where people are talking trash about E3 and they should shut it down. And this and man, what are you even talking about? Is this what you want? You want nothing? Like, because I feel like E3 was always like the bookmark for the second half of the year. What was going to happen? Right, especially like, for Nintendo. You know, so I, I do. I do think though, like, you know, is, is it is it that I don't know? Is it that we want E3 to happen, or is it that we want a Nintendo Direct? Do you know what I mean? Or like they're okay with like if it like for some reason it goes in like some virtualized format, right? Like if E3 the the the, um, the company behind E3 the planners came out and said, "Sure, look at guys, we're still doing E3, but it is going to be digital." Yeah, and this but it's going to be the exact same, but it's just digital. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like would that be okay? Yeah, I I'd, I'd be okay with that okay because with that. that doesn't change my experience. Right? But at least I know kind of like it's this week, right? Yeah. It's this week. These are the things and I know. I know where I need to look. Yeah. Um. Because I also feel very much it's kind of like, well, who's swooping up what in relation to rolling it out, right? Like, so we've got the Gorilla Collective um, presentations coming up this weekend, starting, I believe it's actually tomorrow, I think, I could be wrong. Starting tomorrow. The 13th. Right? 13, okay. And that's that's ran by in coordination with the team over Kind of Funny. Mm-hmm. And then we've got IGN, who's doing their thing. Yeah. And then and then they're, they're revealing games. So I'm like, so, like, who got who's exclusive? Who's got, do you know what I mean? And it's like, and, and the Gorilla Collect- Collective is a three day thing from Sunday to Monday, but don't know what time. Yep. I actually tried to reach out to them asking for more specific times and I never got that, heard it back. So who knows what that means? Is this going to be a slow trickle all weekend or is it going to be a big two hour video somewhere? We don't know. Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little and then and then yeah, so it just feels a little bit disjointed, I guess. Oh, it is absolutely, yeah. and it's weird because I wouldn't see. Here's the thing for me is I feel like the media has crapped all over E3 for the past. Well, when they let fans come in, mm-hmm. it, well, let's go back even further. The minute Nintendo started doing the directs, the digital events, they had to complain about every single thing that was coming out of there. And it's like then when they, when they allowed fans come in, that's all you heard was complaints. And I'm like, let's just like take the fans out of the equation, then do something where it's a gigantic digital event where they give us demos that we can play at home and all that stuff. Like kind of like I, I was saying this to Toby the other day. Um, it's kind of like I would do it kind of like how uh, BlizzCon does it, where mm-hmm. you can buy these packages, these digital event packages. If you want to go, you go. Or have, three, have E3 it'd be a, an industry event only again, like it was supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, have it, have it be an industry <laughs> event, but but also do digital events where fans can get free swag, like like exclusive swag that you can't get anyplace mm-hmm. else. Get demos that you can't get, you know, 
or whatever. Like Nintendo makes you go to the Best Buy or something like that to get these demos. Like do them where they come right to your house, and you know, yeah. you sign up for it, you pay an X amount of dollars, and you can play demos of games. Timothy, so, I I, I uh, recognize your raising yeah, yeah. hand motif yeah. here. Yes, you in the back row, sir. Uh, being from Detroit, we have you know the auto show, and uh, the auto show. What they do is they usually do an industry event first, and I know E three has tried that uh, or does that a little bit. But what they do is they do industry only, where the yeah. industry comes out. They do press conferences about the cars that are coming out. They do industry only press and all that, showing off the cars on the auto shop, auto show floor. And then, uh, after they've done three or four days of that, then it's the, uh, public that gets to come and look at the cars. That would be awesome. Yeah. And all that stuff after the industry is done doing what Game, they needed to do. Games, Gamescom did that the year I went. And I think that's what they typically do. Cause I was just based on my schedule, I was traveling and I think it was like on Thursday. And I remember like Nintendan was there, pair from IGN. And so I was DMing them. I was like, you guys are Gamescom? They're like, yeah. I was like, can I meet up with you? Like, absolutely. I was like, this is awesome. So I'm like coming over and I landed. I was like, cool. Uh, so where are you guys? He's like, oh, we left yesterday. And I was like, what do you mean you left yesterday? He's like, yeah, we were just here for like the, like the, the majority of our team was only here for like the, the press event stuff. And then we headed off and left like a couple guys behind. And I was like, Son of a gun! Like I literally missed it by basically a day. Um, but yeah, that was their strategy. The strategy was first couple of days was very much the press events, very much the media, and then uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the, the doors were wide open for public, right? And I I came in on that, and because my yeah, so yeah, that formula was, I think would work the best in this situation. That way, you're separating yeah. out the the media from the public. Yeah. So I I don't know. Uh, I, th- so- I think the original plans for E3 this year was like like the first two hours on Tuesday would have been media only, and then the public come in at noon or whatever time that happens to be at, and then well, I think Wednesday and Thursday was just F- FFA. So like, good luck for getting anything done those days. Yeah. The other thing I like about the auto shows too is that the, it's not just in one location. So you could, they have them all over the country, you know, and even all over the world in most cases. But one thing I thought of that they could do is do just media in LA there and then do uh hot spots across the country type of thing, maybe in coordination with PAX and some of those other events to say, okay, the things that we did here, now we'll make it public at these other events across the country so that more people can see these things that you're announcing. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. And I know that PAX West is still, I believe, and maybe chat, keep me honest. I we, Again, thank you so much, everyone who's here in our YouTube chat, in our Twitch chat, guys. A little bit of hashtag, keep Justin honest. PAX West, I believe, is still on, on docket as, as going. Like, they have not canceled that yet. They have not said they're going virtual. I believe it is still open to public. I believe they're not changing that. And Predictively, I think the way things are shifting, it we may still be in the situation where um, it may actually occur potentially here. I think it's it's beginning of September, um, so it's very interesting, and that may be very interesting to see if that's our first kind of again gaming event. What's that going to be like? Right now, obviously, there's, there's COVID. There's so many protocols, procedures, processes now, um, but it'd be interesting to see like with the absence of E3, does that become such more so? like a bigger hotbed, I guess, for people to be like, I definitely want to go there. I definitely want to be engaged as well. Looks like PAX West is still on schedule for September 4th through 7th. So, like, Labor Day weekend. I, I will, 
Yeah, I will stab you, Bobby Pauls. I see what you're doing in my chat right now. All right, I'm just, I'm I just see laughing. Sean's having a conversation with himself. <laughs> <laughs> no one else talking to Sean Capri's. He's talking to himself. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys again so much for being here. This is, I, I, yeah. Justin Stash is so distracting. Thank you. It's my, uh, it's my Ron Swanson. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. All right, uh, first guys. Speaking of, if maybe you missed information, maybe things slipped through the cracks, and that's why you're here is to say. Surely the Nintendo dads have pulled together all the Nintendo news and game announcements that I need to know. Maybe? I don't know. Possibly we may have missed some things, but I do want to throw a couple games your way that have been announced this week to make sure you're aware of it. Uh, Spellbreaker. This was actually announced today on IGN. This is a Battle Royale, it looks like. Uh, MOBA. It looks a little bit like Valorant at times. Mage wizard game i'm gonna be straight out honest it looks real cool uh and for a person who's kind of into those kind of like uh battle royale games this definitely has my attention uh check out spellbreaker it is currently i believe it's on playstation and on steam or pc coming to xbox as well as nintendo switch so take take a look at that one if you want uh transformers battlegrounds gets announced with the release date of october 23rd 2020 if you're like wow does that sound cool i will tell you it is very much targeted at children no judging, just telling you it's targeted children for sure. Yeah, I put that on for Marty in case he was on tonight. But uh... sure, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's, that's all right. Uh, next one is CrossCode. This is going to be released digitally on July 9th, twenty twenty, with a physical release on August twenty eighth. And each console will actually have exclusive quests with its own dungeon and boss fight. CrossCode kind of looks like a it's like a sixteen bit game. We saw some previews for this a while ago. It's got le- like the um, Super NES vibes to it. Um, I'm definitely very interested, and in, I think it'll be uh, pretty cool as well. And what else do we have here? Namco's Museum Archives Volume 1 and 2, scheduled to release on June 18th. It's going to include a lot of games. I'm not going to go through all those games, but there's a lot of them. If you need to look at that, you can do that. <laughs> We're not going to do that. All right? And, we'll the, the, the previous Namco Museum collection seemed to be a bunch of arcade ports. This one seems yeah. to be a bunch of NES version ports. So like they have like like both like the last one did did have Dig Dug did have Pac Man this one does too but it's it's definitely not the arcade version so I'm presuming it's the NES port so put that that's into fair. a little bit of, a little bit of perspective I'm not sure what the pricing on that will be yeah that's fair uh Bobby any of these games interest you or anything no. that I have missed that you've come up with? No? No. nothing. I'm, uh, it's not Animal Crossing. You don't give a damn. I don't care. Animal Crossing for life, baby. That's it. That's all, all right. I know. All right. yep. That's all you know. <laughs> That's all you know. That's I like it. it. <laughs> oh, all right, folks. Well, literally, like, did we miss anything else for the news? No. Obvious, obviously, uh, E3, or not E3, EA got bumped uh, into next week, so we're going to be doing that live stream. Jeff Grubb was here last week, talked about the E3 content. If you guys haven't listened to our episode with Jeff or watched it, I'd recommend you doing that. Such a cool guy. Um, really cool insight. Uh, and he's been doing quite well, I think, in the industry to kind of predict things. So take a watch. Next week, we will be doing a live re- a live reacts to EA. What's up, Bobby? No, they're just saying uh, Nintendo Brand Ambassador Program News. <clears throat> yeah, you guys want to talk about that? Nintendo yeah, let's Brand do it. Ambassador. Let's, do it. let's jump in because none of us are. So we're not going to get punched in the face. Future. Oh, <laughs> well, well, I don't think I don't think so because I don't think it's going to exist in the same way, right? So uh, let's th- 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 I think this might affect Roger. Did they actually shut it down? 
So let's talk a little bit about, let's break this down, okay. right? So uh, first and foremost, here's what we know to be true. And here's what we know to, I don't know. Nintendo Brand Ambassador Program is a program that is exclusively to the U.S. Uh, it is not offered or ran by Nintendo of Canada or Nintendo of Europe. Yeah. And essentially, it is to become a brand ambassador. I don't really know what you need to do, but you do need to have uh, a pretty positive fairing on Nintendo. Um, and I would say a pretty fair, um, but, it, but okay. it's, not, it's so, not necessarily associated with likes or subs or that kind of stuff. That, but, that's, but, not, uh, that's not necessarily true. That's not necessarily true. Okay. So um, in conversations with brand ambassadors fairly recently, um it's a conglomerate of things. They do look at your community. They look at uh, your 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 sub counts, but also what your videos are doing. They also look at like the number of people, like depending on what you're uh, what you're about. So they, but they also want to look at like you could have fifty thousand subscribers on YouTube, but a hundred followers on Twitch or I mean on Twitter. They're not, they look at that and they go, well, that doesn't jive. So that's not going to work. So it, they, they've kind of changed the way they want things now. It's kind of across the board. Also, they've kind of moved into, they invite you rather than you apply. Mm. That's kind of disappeared. It's a recent thing. So why are we bringing this up? I was wondering the same thing. Okay. So, so <laughs> recently, it was like dramatic pause. Uh, so recently, some of the brand ambassadors have gotten letters saying that they are no longer in the program. And the one that kind of most most uh, came up to um, the head of it would be Woods Beat'em-Up, right? It's Woods mm -hmm. Beat'em-Up, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he got a letter from Nintendo essentially saying, you're not in the program anymore. Now, interestingly enough, what are the benefits to the program? Let's talk a little bit about that. Bobby, do you know what the benefits are? I mean, the only thing you really get is you get... So it depends on when you're part of it. So if we go back and you look at brand ambassadors pre-Switch, they all got switches. Uh, they got first hand on exclusive things. Sometimes they get featured in commercials. Sometimes they get uh, sent to press only events that are basically yep. brand ambassador events. Like Luigi's Mansion had this huge, they created this huge haunted mansion and brought in like all the brand ambassadors from the United States. Um, and that's that's this. and they'll give you games and stuff like that. Like you'll get these care packages that just show up randomly with all kinds of games in it and all that stuff. So also, like I know for a fact that like when uh, was it Luigi's Mansion? I think I think it was Luigi's Mansion. They actually bought time for Miss Click and and, and put her on the main page of Twitch. So when you went to Twitch. Between a certain hour time, she was featured on the main page for everybody to see. So they've they they sponsored that and, and stuff like that. So there is some advantages to it. Um, so yeah. that's that's essentially. And I, and I like uh, Patrick here from obviously Nintendo Talk says free games and, and invite uh, event invites. The games for, are free that usually uh, are released on the same day, or usually come out on the same day as release, so yeah. not much value mm -hmm. there as well. Yeah. So they're they're changing this program. A couple of the ambassadors were basically told, hey, sure, look, at, thanks very much, but we're not going to continue with you. We're having a new program. So, But it was, also, but it was also not from Nintendo. <laughs> it was from the PR company that told them that, not mm -hmm. Nintendo. So it's not like Nintendo 
reached out to these these brand ambassadors and were like, you're no on longer on behalf part. of Nintendo. Yeah. But yeah. it's yeah, it's on behalf of Nintendo. It's not necessarily Nintendo going like, hey, you're not right. part of this anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing I would say for for Nintendo for the most part, right? And so, just as a reference point, like we have worked with Nintendo of Canada, we've had a, a slight relate or a slight conversation with Nintendo of America and Nintendo of Europe, and most of them use a vendor, right, a PR company or a vendor to do most of their communication with press, with press and with influencers. So it's kind of like on behalf of Nintendo mm-hmm. uh, is part of their contract as well. Yeah. Now, uh, I don't know if you guys had watched the video from I did. Where- where he breaks it all down and stuff. And again, private conversations that I had with brand ambassadors, he's acting like he's not sure why he got dropped. And I totally can see why he got dropped. And it was because he was showing off modded consoles and stuff like that. Like he did, they are so against that. It's not even funny. So if you're doing stuff where you're modding consoles or modding Nintendo stuff or showing people how to get free games, Nintendo games, you're goodbye. It's done. And literally, that is the last video that he did and then gets the letter. But he acts like, well, they said it wasn't because of my content. You were talking to a PR firm that probably didn't, were trying to avoid themselves legally from getting in trouble. But from my conversations... um, with with brand ambassadors privately that is an absolute no-no to do so and not on top and on top of that here's the thing he got dropped like he's in australia he's in the nintendo australia brand ambassador thing i think he's i think he's in the u.s no he's not he's australian i know i know he's australian but i thought he was located in the u.s no no he's not Oh. He, he was a brand ambassador for Nintendo Australia. So oh. it's totally different animals. You know what I mean? It's like you're all like it's it's the people that are, you know, like Nintendo reaches out and does stuff because he even said it wasn't Nintendo America. Like it had nothing to do with Nintendo of America. It was Nintendo Australia. So that could be just that territory restructuring things and changing things. So that's the other thing that we're not hundred percent sure on. Now, now I'm going to, I'm going to flip that coin a little bit here. Mm-hmm. I'll be writing a show. I'm going to tell you the devil's advocate of that. Uh, we've had on our show before, Mr. Vatka. And for those of you that don't know who Mr. Vatka is, he is a high school or sorry, I apologize. He is an elementary principal who absolutely loves Nintendo. And he was made a Nintendo brand ambassador about a year and a half ago. And on June 5th, he sent a reply to Woods beat him up and said, Hey, I want to let you know that it isn't he, he isn't the only one that got the email from Nintendo mm-hmm. America. I just received the exact same letter and can prove it to him. Now, if there is anyone who is completely child friendly, yeah. um, not putting out probably content that would go against it, it would be Mr. Vadka. The guy has his own Nintendo club and his statement is hard work, hard play. He is a director of, of instructional development, uh, t- you know, teaches. He's like just a huge advocate for Nintendo. Yeah. Lot of lot of like labo stuff, so I don't necessarily think it is content related. Um, I I believe there there may be a restructure, right? Um, yeah, and and, 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 and talking and I, love, and, I, and I love Mr. Vadka's statement. He's like, sure, look at it. Business is business, and he's like, I'm not personally hurt by it, right? Like things happen. Um, so yeah, I mean, in, in a conversation with Roger, um, this isn't the first time they've restructured. You know what I mean? Like and. They've restructured numerous times. They've changed the program numerous times yep. over the course. And it's, I think it's more, and it could, listen, it could also be 
a, a product of the times. You know, mm-hmm. he, I think he tried to balance it as in watching, in watching Wood, he tries to balance it out as, well, I got too big. And I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. Like, cause they had some pretty big brand ambassadors. It's not like, you know, he may have been the, he might have had the most subscribers ultimately than anybody else. But like, I mean, dude, they had like a lot of big, like they had I Justine for a while as a brand ambassador. So I don't necessarily see that as being the case. I just think that they look at it and go, okay, we've kind of gotten what we can out of you. Let's look at, I think they want to focus more on the what's hot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Who's who's taking off at the moment? That's who we want to push our content to and help those people because it helps us. Like if you're go- yeah. you want to go with the hotness at the moment, not you know what I mean. Like so, I expect totally expect Pat from Nintendo to get it any day now. So, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if if they readjust it or if this is part of the larger conversation. Now, I do want to call it here, Adam, uh, in our chat. Adam, obviously, who was on our show a couple of weeks ago, he says uh, that's kind of basically what it's been like up here in Canada as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we don't have that kind of same relationship. It's, you know, kind of like what they're getting now, which is, hey, I might get a code maybe yeah. before, maybe not. I may get it the day of. I may actually get it several days afterwards Yeah. Um, as either press or as influencers. That's kind of what a lot of us are dealing with, right? And yeah. I've, I've, I've been pretty upfront about the statement of, like, when we work with Nintendo of Canada or Nintendo of Europe, as we have in the past, you never really know what you're going to get, right? Yeah. Some Sometimes, yeah, like, perfect. we've had, you know, we've been fortunate enough to, to get access to Luigi's Mansion two weeks early and get content prepped. And other times it's like, Hey, sure. Look at this game comes out tomorrow. Enjoy. Good luck yeah. to you. And other times we'll, we'll communicate and they'll say, I ain't got nothing for you. I and mean, like, like, I, okay, it is what it is. So I guess the closest I've been was image and form, right? I'm, I'm, you know, a steam world ambassador for image and form. So at one point, like I wanted to be a part of the conversations and I believe it was dig two where everybody got it before me. And I was like, I went to them and I'm like, guys, listen, I appreciate being a part of ambassadorship and getting the game for free or whatever, whatever. But like, I want to be part of the conversation in terms of like reviewing and doing all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm not going to get the stuff free, then let me drop out of that and go join in and get the stuff when everybody else got it. And then they they restructured. They were like, you know what? You're absolutely right. Our brand ambassadors will now get it first. You yeah. know, because, you know, we we were considered like the biggest cheerleaders. And so that so they they changed it. But I don't think you're going to talk to a Nintendo and be like, hey, man, why aren't why, you know, yeah. why are you giving it to Game Explain first? And why not? Yeah, they're not for really sure. Because, right. You know, they're media. You know, we're going to give it to media first. And I want to be very clear on this before. I mean, we're very just, we're just very fortunate that we get to, to spend some time and work with work with these companies. There, We have no expectation of them. Yeah. Um, but we've, but we've definitely seen Nintendo shift before and kind of their strategy of how they're working with their, um, influencers or in, or with press as well. I think it's very interesting. I think in this time when Nintendo is kind of shifting their communications a little bit, right? When we haven't heard a lot from them publicly and then to kind of make some of these changes, it's very interesting to see what's going on. And maybe this is part of their larger strategy at play as well to move away from or make some, some substantial changes in space. <laughs> Bless me. I'm so sorry. I did not get that mute button fast enough. I was like, no. Tim, what's your thought? Either the kid or Bless you. <laughs> oh, I need to have my juice box. A kidding. So uh, I watched the wood uh, video too. And 
for whatever reason, the biggest thing that I could tell that was that it did impact him. It did hurt him or disappoint him. At first he was like, Oh, I'm all right. I'm all right. But then towards the end, I think he was just like, I'm disappointed or I'm hurt, <laughs> you know? So, uh, but, and he also pointed out why, and that was, if you had told, if he had told his 10 year old self that he was going to be a Nintendo ambassador, uh, he, his 10 year old self would have just, you know, blown up. So, and because that inner 10 year old got the message that you're no longer a partner with Nintendo that hurt. So, and I can only imagine that because would I love to be a Nintendo ambassador for, you know, the Nintendo dads, if the Nintendo dads were absolutely that would be so cool you know because that my inner 10 year old kid self would be like that's freaking awesome but at the same time it's probably going to be more stressful too because this is not our day job right so um and maybe not so much for some people but how you handle that type of stuff but you you if nintendo comes a knocking you want to make sure you're doing right by that so yeah i can understand there's some stresses with that yeah and, and sorry go ahead I was just say overall, I could see too where the numbers could impact. It depends on what Nintendo is going to do with that. Where if Wood has so many followers and they want to go to niche people who do specific things and reach out to certain people, then you know maybe that's where they're going with it. But it's going to be interesting to see where they where they actually go with it. The yeah. one the one thing that he references towards the end of one of the videos, I I think does make a lot of sense in terms of like they have to be careful now. In terms of like in this in this world that we live in now with the whole cancel culture and stuff, uh, if if something was to come out that somebody tweeted something wrong five years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. He's mentioned it's, the it, subway guy. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. It, it, like it, seriously, like you could lit- Nintendo could literally lose well, everything I, they build. I, I have a current one, example of that. Person. The guy who plays Elongated Man and on yeah, Flash, Flash yeah. he's gone. Yeah, they fired him because of tweets that he did three, four years ago or whatever. Huh. I mean, James Gunn, same thing. James Gunn got fired from Gal- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, but only to get like people to be like, it becomes this whole thing that Nintendo I don't think wants to be a part of. Yeah. So, you know, so- I think it's one of these things of like, hey, if we, if we latch on to smaller people – it's less likely for something or like manageable. that to happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, and because you think about it, like nobody's going to go digging on a small YouTuber, but when you get someone as big as, as beat em ups is that channel, it's a situation where there's a lot of people that are like, Hey man, we want to take a notch out of his belt. Let's, yeah. let's go after him. You know? So, I mean, let's be very honest with this, with you. That's also one of the reasons why I hear that picture of me with my shirt off during the gift doing that. It's just going to come back and haunt us one day. You know what I'm saying? You know exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Do it. That's Probably exactly it. I also, you know, and I, I, I want to be, I want to take a comment here that I thought just came up and I'm getting DM'd by someone. Um, and they're saying this really great comment, comment. And I want to say this. And it's interestingly enough, when you think about this, Nintendo games really sell themselves, yeah. right? They really don't need people to champion for them, no. right? What they need, right? And, and, and here's a little bit of the, of the, of the honesty about it. So when we were, and I'll, I'll play devil's advocate of this. When we were on the Wii U, we were getting a lot more frequent communication with uh, Nintendo. We were getting a lot more games earlier, right? We were kind of like in that conversation. It, when it came to the Switch, everybody and their dog jumped on the Switch. The Switch is selling like like hotcakes. You don't need a small little YouTube podcast to try and bang that drum the same way, 
right? And I think that that's really like, again, Nintendo games are selling themselves. And so I think that that you that really what you're looking for, as opposed to someone being like, wave the flag, man, this game's awesome. You guys should check it out, blah, blah, blah. The influencer part is probably more importantly is the actual like score, review score, right? So, hey, this is why this is why sites, this is why press releasers are getting them earlier. That's where we're going to, you know, where if I've got so many things, where am I going to spend my time? Get it over to Medic, you know, get it over to IGN, get it over to whoever. What's the score you give it? Right. And I think that's a really important thing. So I think more and more websites that, that provide scores or reviews, I think will, will have that, that power or, or that access more than the influencer in the same way. And I think that, yeah, sure. Look at, you have a million subs. That's great. I do think there's, I do think there's a spot for you, but I think what happens is the smaller content creators may kind of fall off the wayside. Yeah. Um, and again, I, and I want to be very clear here. I'm not saying this, this is a bit of a conversation I'm having with, uh, with Adam in the background as well, a friend, a friend of the show as well. And he just made some really good points about, uh, about again, Nintendo doesn't need to really right promote. Now. Yeah, right now. Right now, yeah. And and I think that's what they learned during the Wii U. Like, people are saying, like, well, during the Wii U, they, they need it. That's what they learned during the Wii U. Yeah. Like, that was when the brand ambassador stuff was starting. And I think that's what they learned was you get these, like, grassroots things started with the brand ambassadors. And I think that's what Nintendo needs to keep an eye on is – we we keep the brand ambassadors around just because of the fact of it does it keeps that stuff going. Now is it a situation where they feel like we don't need it? But there's a lot of other people that we know that are brand ambassadors that haven't lost it. So it's not. Yeah. I don't believe it's yeah. going anywhere. It's no. just a matter of you know. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see, right? And again, here's the challenge. I think right, and this is going to put on my business cap for a second. Justin business person conversation. Here's here's my piece of advice for anyone. In a lack of information or lack of communication, your audience will make up your own narrative. Yeah. So if you so what I mean by that is if you don't own your messaging or you don't tell them what's going on, you're not transparent about what's going on, people will begin to make their own assumptions based on rumor, based on speculation, based on what they want it to be. And they begin to create a story and a narrative, which is incredibly hard for you to change or to adjust. And I think that that is, is a little bit of a, of a challenge, right? So, I mean, you've definitely got, you know, Woods out here kind of providing his own perspective. I think you've had some other people. Now, Nintendo is not going to come out flat out and be like, here's what we're doing and make a big broadcast, right? Yeah. But if you don't, if you don't correct the ship, right, it just kind of begins to spur, uh, you know, spin out of control. And I think that's something that would have to. But let's well. be fair about something here. And this is something that I don't even understand why he did the video. He says in the video that they had told him nothing was going to change in terms of getting games. He yeah. just wasn't allowed to use the title brand ambassador. Yeah. So it wasn't like they were getting rid of him in terms of he was still supposed to. Now, I don't think he's going to get it now. I think he's totally burned that bridge because the minute you go out and start talking like the way he did, you lose it all. But he didn't have to do that video. Yeah, he could have he could have quietly just removed the brand ambassador stuff off his Twitter and all that stuff and just let it go. Still got the games and nothing would have happened. You know, what I mean? it would have just went business as usual. So I think a part of that was, hey, I could do a video that says that, like I'm no longer working with Nintendo and like, boom, because let's be honest. The reason I clicked it first, I was like, wait a minute. What happened? Why is he not? Yeah. Yeah. doing Nintendo content anymore. And then it's like, no, I'm still going to do Nintendo content. It's just that they're not going to give me free stuff anymore. Yeah, I kind of feel, I kinda, and yet ironically, then he got free stuff from them, 
right yeah. afterwards yeah. i kind of feel like sending messages like yeah welcome to like what some of the rest of us are kind of going through yeah like that that's like literally like what you're describing is kind of what we do every single time we communicate yeah. with nintendo it's like oh, maybe and then like two days or, later or do you want to come people, for bioshock and you're like i don't sure or when, when the big people do things like that you know it also hurts the little people Yep. Yeah. Like, like when, like the, the leaks happened and they put a really, uh, crunch yeah. down on any review copies for six months, that hurt us. Yep. Yep. All right, folks, we have talked enough about that. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to get into this, this, this really thick conversation that typically doesn't happen on a really slow news week for Nintendo. Ladies and gentlemen, PS5 got announced right. today. We nice to see you guys. I'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Yeah, I don't want to tarnish that that uh, that Nintendo Guru brand back there, <laughs> right? PlayStation Guru is what's going to happen. I do want to sit in this pocket really just because I think as pundits, I guess is the word I'm going to call us, talking heads, uh, not only do we obviously cover Nintendo, but I think we are students of the industry. And... I, I would like to just sit and chat a little bit about, and I think maybe it's because, I mean, I was just, I just, I was just like craving, like I was having a hard craving for some E3 news. So I sat there and watched the, uh, the Sony press event, but guys, PS5 comes out today, shabam, drops the mic. What did you guys think of this event? And I don't want to go through like every single piece of it, but like any thoughts, any hot topics, hot impressions? I mean, dude. I honestly, I felt like it was a waste of time. All they showed was games, and and I get that that's what we're about there. But like, I was expecting some type of release date, some type of price point. Like, we got to see the console; that's awesome. But they're showing games that are coming out in twenty twenty two, and and they they said it was going to be about the games. And I'm I get actually that. I'm not surprised that, but... we didn't get a price point. I'm not surprised we didn't get a date. I am surprised we even saw the console. I wasn't even expecting that. Well, when as the time went on, when they finally showed at the end, I wasn't expecting to see it at all. I just thought that if you're going to showcase it, come out with something. I, to me, I just don't. Under, it, it, you mean I don't know? Don't come like out with the, a seven year old game on its third generation. Like when you look at when Nintendo released the <laughs> Switch, right? So they did that that three minute trailer, right? That showcased the Switch. It showed what it was. Brought up all these questions. But then when they actually showcased, it was like, okay, here it is. Boom. If we would have walked away from that, not getting price points, not getting release dates, I think everybody would have lost their minds. I, I I appreciate that they're showing the games. Well, it was also two months away from release at that point. Well, I know I know that, Jesse. <laughs> but I'm just saying the point is, is, is well, we're only six months away from release in theory when you think about it like we're halfway there so when when are they going to announce price point and and release date i just i don't know it just it was i just felt i think weird. microsoft and sony are still playing chicken with each other on that point i think well, they, they totally are, are i think they are too yeah um but but that aside that part of it aside like there was a couple of games that i was like okay this looks kind of cool um i i am a fan of the console i think the console looks kind of cool um I just, I don't know, aesthetically, I think it's, I, me personally, I think it's more pleasing than the Xbox when it comes to looks. Like, I would rather have that on my shelf than an Xbox. That's just me personally. Um, but, we, like, the other thing, too, is, like, we don't know how powerful this thing is. We don't know 
what it's going to put out, what it's going to do. Like it, they kept a lot of stuff close to the vest with this. So I don't, I don't you know, I, Sony fans are probably ecstatic. And I think Sony fans rightfully so should be very happy because they're getting something across the board. But I just know that if that was my home team and that's what I went into the event and I walked away with more questions than I had answers, I think I'd be, a, me personally, I'd probably be a little bit upset about it. Okay, cool. Tim, what did you think of it? So I've been a dual council guy for a while, uh, especially I even wrote a blog about this several years ago. <laughs> I actually did a couple. Can you blogs. find that on the Nintendo dad's blog? Uh no, this is actually before I did. This was a long time ago. This is the Wii U days before I found you guys. So I wrote a blog on it <laughs> about my disappointment with Nintendo and their games not growing with their audience. And that's why I wanted to play PlayStation. And, and then I kind of grew further and was like, OK, this is why people have multiple consoles, you know, because you can have the family friendly games with a few you know, older games in with Nintendo. And then you have your PlayStation where you have a whole different type of genre. So that's why I became two console kind of guy uh, with that. So I'm excited about what I saw today as a PlayStation fan. What's coming up next in the pipeline? What am I going to be trying to save my money for next? And what they announced, I did not think they were going to show the console either or give price. And they didn't give a price. But they did show the console. Um. I am most intrigued by the fact that they released two consoles, digital and disc versions. Uh, so I'm intrigued by that and intrigued on where that's going to go uh, because I don't think my, what Microsoft did towards the end was enough to see where that's going to go when Microsoft brought out their digital only device. Um, but I like that. There were several games I was interested in. Um, I won't go through the whole list, but there were several that, that caught my eye that I liked, uh, because I, I guess I am a Sony pony, I guess, if you will, or, you know, a fanboy PlayStation fanboy, which is why I listened to Nintendo PlayStation, uh, when you guys did that and you miss it. I don't know why, (laughs) why is this guy on this show? (laughs) But yeah, no, you need to vet vet these co-hosts a little bit better. I need to vet my guests too. (laughs) But seriously, I mean, it's it's like I said, there's games on here that I liked, but I did notice one thing. And I think Joe and Kyle mentioned it, too, because I watched it with them when they were doing their live thing, is that. Looked like Sony was trying to get in on the family game, their family side mm-hmm. of things with some yeah, of their I games. Felt that. I felt that as well. So I thought that was kind of interesting with the. With the whole, it seemed like, you know, hey, PlayStation is going to be doing their thing over here. And mm-hmm. Microsoft's going to do their thing over here. Nintendo over here. Then here comes Sony like, hey, we got some family friendly games that we're going to show you here. <laughs> that, that's the one thing I will say that I felt different about was for a while there. And I've always said this about Sony stuff is it's all the same. It, it's it's third person story driven flashy graphics every game is basically the same you just flip the characters move the characters and change the storyline that's what sony is this time i walked away and was like they're trying some different stuff here you know and with Sackboy game and, and the, the astro robot or whatever and, and like like that type of stuff i started seeing i was like okay this is a different type of presentation that i would have thought i would expect from them and they definitely yep. showed a lot of things that would touch different audiences there so which i thought was impressive like you said it wasn't just 
you know, all run and gun and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. FPS this, FPS that, you know, so it was good. Yeah. Jesse, what about you? Uh, in whole, I also was kind of met on everything. The uh, I did like, you know, like the Spider-Man sequel. Uh, that one looks exciting. Uh, Ratchet and Clank looks cool, and I'm kind of wondering where they're at. We're gonna do with that, uh, with that the female, whatever that race is. I don't, I don't. But the problem, problem, I played a lot of these games, but I've never finished one because I some something always happens where I just kind of get sick of playing it. So you know, like this. So nothing here is enticing me. Even the Sackboy game. It's like okay, it reminds me a lot of Little Big Planet, which reminds me of Mario Maker, which has put a sour taste in my mouth. So this one may not even have any user-generated content in it. I don't know, but just you know, the first thing they showed was isometric platforming. I'm like, I'm like, oh, what? Can, I said a tweet said, what can go wrong? Because that generally doesn't work well for me, and you know. I've said it before in the show, like when trying to play first-person shooters and other games with a lot of activity, that I will get physically nauseous. Yeah, I'm with you there. I had that feeling about three quarters through the show. I was like, this needs to end soon. I am going to get sick. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. People yeah. say I think I am, but I am not. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to be really honest with you. I think this is a hot presentation. You know what I mean? Like, I thought it was really good. Uh, I am not, you guys, you guys know I'm one console. That's the way I live, right? That's, 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 that's the pure blood. You know what I'm saying? That is, that's running the right way. Um, but I'm going to be honest. I came out of this PlayStation conference. I was like, that is, that is, that is good. I like what is going on there. I thought they did a great job with pacing. I thought they did a great job with, uh, the trailers that they, that they showed. There was like, I went through, it was very much so like, mm, that doesn't interest me. That interests me. That doesn't interest me. Oh, that's got my attention, right? Like, I've got, I got a list here of just like quick games that caught my attention. Uh, of course, I would say, uh, Spider Man was on there, right? Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Death Loop, uh, Returnal, The Devil Inside, right? There's just a ton of games that I was like, wow, does that look like that looks good? Um, I, I thought they did a great job. They positioned it. And again, we talk about that idea of communicating before you set expectations. They said, these are the games you're going to be playing. So if you thought they were going to show you price, box, date, wrong. These are the games you are going to be playing. Stop there, right? Stop hyperventilating or thinking more, which we all do, right? And if they show you more, bonus. And I think if you go to that, they did their job really well. And I think then showing the console at the end, I thought was a great strategy. Boom, there it was. Show the box. Now the unknowns to your point, Bobby, price and date. And they're going to hold what's on under, both. But what's under, the, what's under the hood? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get that information too, right? Like I think that's, I think they did that technical talk, like that was supposed to be a GDC a while ago and people wanted to just fall asleep. Yeah. Right. This was, this was, let's not be sleepy, let's be sexy. And I think that's what they did here really, really well. And you can't hear me is what I'm getting from everyone I'm, doing this. Jesse, Jesse I'm on, talking. I'm on mute, apparently, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that GDC thing, I had, int- I, I was interested in that, you know, as a developer, mm-hmm. but, yeah, but, as, but as a player, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. But I think Restream just died on us. I don't know if we're, 
live but anywhere, my, but, but I'm still me, recording. But, but when I look at the two, right? So there's there's three consoles in play. I have Nintendo. I'm going to be a Nintendo gamer all day long. Yeah. I have an Xbox and a PlayStation as well, right? Last generation, I jumped on PlayStation very early. Didn't get to Xbox till later on. Going into this one, I'm sorry. I don't have $1,000, $1,200 to shell out for two consoles out the gates. So when I look at the two companies and I go, where's more bang for the buck? Sorry, Xbox has it day in, day out. That Game Pass is unbelievable, and it's an unbelievable value for somebody that is going to buy a second console that's going to get this other thing. And, like, yes, that's why I feel like pricing matters at this point. There are a couple people in chat were like, it don't matter. People are going to buy it. Yeah, what happened to PS3? That thing came out way too high, and people didn't. I think if you want to, if they want to, if they want to beat Xbox, punch them in the mouth with a price point that is going to be attractive and get people on board. But I don't think they have the ability to do that. I don't think that it's going to be an attractive price point. I think they're going to price themselves out of the market. Is what's going to happen, and I, it's going to come down to: Am I going to pay six hundred dollars and then buy games individually, or am I going to pay six hundred dollars? And get a boatload of games for free month in, month out. Sorry, it's Xbox. Yeah, I, I don't, I like, I don't disagree with you there, Bobby. Yeah. Right? Like, like, I, I, what I'm saying is, that I think they did a great job showing up. I think they did a great, you did a great value proposition. But you are 100 percent right. When it comes down to whatever date that is in in holiday November, and you've got, you know, gamer gamer Joe or Jane or whoever standing in front at, at EB Games, and you've got PlayStation over here, and you've got the new Xbox here. And you got cash in your pocket. What's it going to be? It's going to be a hard sell, right? And I think that your commentary, especially around Game Pass, is absolutely right. right? And we've talked about that before. But I believe that what Xbox is doing is revolutionary, yeah. right? I believe that is that is pushing stuff. I believe Game Pass. I believe xCloud. They are pushing their services in a different way. Where really what we saw here, right? So again, if you're thinking Xbox pushes services, mm-hmm. what we saw the story today was PlayStation saying we push hardware. Right. And that was a story. And that's what they came out today to show was like, look at all of this, all of this sexy rate tracing. And today was we push games. Today was not we push hardware because that's not to me. That's if you want to say we push hardware, then you come out and go, this is what this thing's going to be and what it can do. And this is the price. But they didn't do that. But they did did that differently. They said, here are the creators with the hardware creating the story that they're doing because of the technology. Because of rate tracing, because of yeah. blah, 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 like all that, all that jazz they put in there, yeah. right, that PR spin. That is the, what I mean by hardware is they're giving them the tools to make these incredible stories and games, right? And, and I think that, you know, I think that for a while, really what Sony has tried to do is kind of be the, the higher tier, if you would, for, for the gamers, right? But I think they did a compelling job coming out and telling them, here's like, man, there were some awesome looking games. Right, there are some awesome looking games. I'd be like, man, that looks great. It will be a very interesting bloodbath between Sony and and Microsoft to see who comes out. And it's and it's going to be interesting. Bobby talked about this a couple moments ago. Who's going to blink first? Who's going to say, here's what the price is? And like what Bobby was saying, it's going to come down to those two elements on both sides. Is it going to be Microsoft and their Game Pass and the price of that hardware? Versus Sony's price of their hardware and the games they provide. Because they're not really doing the services thing yet. They're working on it. But, you know, and I think it was brought up on Twitter somewhere that, hey, you know, 
what's the price is going to be and all that kind of stuff. And I mentioned that it's Sony's going to have to price it right with the software because they can't compete with Game Pass. Yeah. But it's also going to be with uh, depends on the gamer, what they're mm. looking for. Do they mind waiting for it? Because there's some games that Microsoft's going to have that will be day and date with Game Pass and some that are not mm. that you go back to play old library stuff. And we even have somebody in our community who just got an Xbox who was happy to get that. They said they probably won't buy a game in their life because they just mm-hmm. uh, for that yeah. d- device they're just going to do Game Pass yep. with that cyber you know punk device they got. And yeah. well, another thing too is, is this is how many of those games that they showed are truly exclusive to Sony. That's the other caveat. Yep. Like and that's yeah, they're the showing these we games. learned from Xbox, right? Yeah, we, yeah, we learned that from that. Xbox. But like you, you have this trailer with with Zion and he's talking about the new two K game. That's not exclusive to Sony. Like and. Will it look better on Xbox? Well, if there's more power under the hood, I promise you it's going to look a lot better on Xbox. And that's, from my understanding, that's the way it's leaning. I think that Xbox learned a valuable lesson with the launch of the Xbox One. And in that, in that lesson was people want power. Mm-hmm. And Bobby, this is what we're going to give them. Bobby, there's, there's a difference between what I saw in Xbox's presentation in their games where eventually – other the companies that said these are the games that come in Xbox, mm-hmm. we saw that oh they're coming to PlayStation. There was few that I saw in there. I was like oh these are cool. They're coming to Xbox, and then I found out oh they're going to be on PlayStation anyway. So I guess yeah. I don't need to buy an Xbox. Then the games that I'm interested in all say they're PlayStation Five console exclusives, mm-hmm. and that's one, two, three, four, five, six games right there that mm-hmm. are PlayStation Five exclusives that I yeah. did not see six. Or so many uh, for Xbox yet. I know they're yeah, yeah. developing. They're, they're, they're still. They still have a lot. To I do. know there's still a lot to come. And again, yeah. that's going to be because Xbox, Xbox is doing Game Pass. Yeah, that's going to be their thing. Yeah. So, I mean, for me yeah. as a Nintendo fan, let's be honest. For me as a Nintendo fan, there's not. There's only one game that makes me even push towards Sony, and that's Last of Us Two, and. That's probably the only thing that'll make me buy a PS5. And if they come out with a new Arkham, a Batman Arkham game. That's the only reason I bought a PS4 was because of Batman Arkham. So if they come out with a new Arkham game, they come out with, you know, if they would have showed Arkham today on the PS5, I probably would have been like, okay, I'm in. But that's because for me, I go, what games can I not get on the Switch that I have to have? Yeah, and that's where it boils down to. So, so, so I, I I did kind of like the the reverse engineering. Like I'm watching this, and I was like, yeah, that's definitely not. No. Nope. Oh, wait a second. Who's that developed by? Oh, that might come to the Switch. Do you know what I mean? Like, like there was yeah. a game or two, and there was like that doesn't look like it's pushing high fidelity. Yeah. Looks like looks like that could come over here. We can see yeah. what happens. Um, but I do think it's very interesting, and I think it's a great example of just you know, we've got two you know. Microsoft and, and Xbox right now are like, let's go, son, right? Who's going to blink? And like Nintendo's like, we're, we're putting an ARMS character in Smash. Right? Like, <laughs> totally, totally not even part yeah. of the conversation. But yet still killing it, right? Yeah. Uh, in relation to sales and contents being put out. I think it's going to be fascinating. Um, if, you're a, if you're a Sony fan, I really hope that you got what you wanted today and got the answers that you wanted. And again, I, I'm not a big fan of like, this console sucks or this, this company is horrible. I'm a bigger fan of like that idea of like, if we're all good to each other and we all play together, there's good things yeah. for all of us. Right. Yeah. Like competition is healthy for the market. Right. 
So yeah, let's see what Xbox and PlayStation do. Let's have that conversation, right? And we can obviously see we've seen more and more like like multiple platform like games be on various platforms. We're seeing more cross play. We're seeing more cross saving, right? Those barriers are starting to fall down a little bit more. And I think it's it's such a a great time to be a gamer and to watch what's being pushed, right? Um, so, so I don't know. Is, okay, so let's ask the real question here. Let's <laughs> let's let's rally it back to Nintendo. After watching today's event, are you nervous as a Nintendo fan of if Nintendo doesn't step it up with a pro edition of Switch in the next year, they're going to get left behind? Now, in terms of price, you know, they, they announced that the two SKUs, uh, digital only, and then the normal one. You know, we can or trying to speculate what the prices might be would then also dictate how nervous Nintendo might be. Like, but I so, mean, in terms of like right now, Nintendo's yeah. <clears throat> getting third party games. But let's yeah. be honest: if if the power is way too strong that mm. they can't backwards spin these games, yeah. Nintendo's going to lose the third parties. Yeah, I think I think like that's a great point, right? Like the the bigger the divide becomes in relation to power and capacity. The more likelihood that that those third parties are have to make a choice, and, and do we just lose Justin, or is it me? I got lost. Now it looks like we just lost Zoom. Station, right? Ubisoft is supporting it. Those things become thinner now, right? And I think so. What has to happen is like indies have to fill in that space more. Um, I, I don't think it's going to push Nintendo to do a Switch Pro anytime soon. I mean, I think it's eventually going to come, but I don't think yeah. it's going to be like. This is what's going to trigger it for sure. Um, so I, 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 yeah, I don't know. What do you, what do you, what does everyone else think? I mean, I, for me, I think that it all depends on how soon. So we're, we can assume because they announced that some of these games were holiday 2020, right? We got to also assume that these are PS5 games coming holiday 2020 because we don't know if some of these might be PS4 games as well. Like, because there's going to be games that are going to cross over. It's just going to be the way it is. Um, so when they're when they're flashing holiday 2020, it's an assumption the consoles come in holiday 2020. It just makes sense, right? So I think it all depends on how much, how many games come the first year. If you go back and you look at the PS4, Sony had nothing for the first three years. Um, like they had first party games, but it was very hardly anything. They were carried by third party games straight through. They had, and I'm not trying to act like they had nothing. They didn't have the big heavy hitters. You know what I mean? Like Uncharted was behind. Uncharted got delayed big time. There was a couple other games that just got pushed back with their, with their cycling. Um, the big heavy hitters were pushed back and they relied heavily on third party games. If that's the case, then I think Nintendo's okay. They have a couple years before they have to do anything. But I think if they come out year one, a similar package like Nintendo did, which I think they're probably going to because they follow what Nintendo does pretty closely. Um, if they come out year one and they come every single month with these big, heavy exclusives, Nintendo needs to wake up and do something quick because they're going to lose their momentum, I think. And I mean, they have all the momentum in the world right now, but sometimes new and shiny just steals that thunder, man. And I mean, look, yeah. look at it with Nintendo. The Switch came out and people yeah. just stopped buying, like, not right away, but they slowly stopped buying PlayStation, Xboxes, and we're just focusing on Nintendo. So yeah. they have to be a little aware of what's going on in that in that field. Yeah, that's a good point. It's an interesting time, right? It's a yeah. very interesting time to see, see what goes on. 
uh, I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. Well, one thing I was one thing I was thinking of is I don't. This isn't just going to be a Sony problem, but a Microsoft problem too. Yeah. Is you know they're they're pushing these the new SSD drives with new architecture that has less hard drive or storage space than what they currently are set, putting out on the PS4. So with with game you know games now go up to 100 gig and if every game will have 4K textures at minimum, mm-hmm. these games can go 150 to 200, and if the internal storage is only 750. You're st- you put three games on this system and you're full. So I think they're going to have a storage issue. It's, and gonna, it, I don't, it's definitely it's definitely going to be a storage issue. I wonder if because of the PS4, it took a while before they allowed external hard drives. So they got to have that out the gates if they're going to do that, especially with the digital only one. Right. I, I know. Well, even then, I don't think they'll support it for PS5 games because they want the speed of the SSD. They said yeah. they'd. In that uh, previously mentioned GDC talk, they mm-hmm. did say external hard drives would be supported for a PS5 to play PS4 games. Oh, wow. But I don't think they'll want that supported for PS5 so games. That's, that's so, you know, like, that's the funny thing. Like, people complain about Nintendo, like, yeah, there's not much storage space. Like, that's the same problem. You're going to be juggling storage. Like, got to right. pull this game out and put this one in, and mm-hmm. that's going to be a problem. And, and that's where I'm... Okay, just to let you know, I, I lost Restream, I lost Twitter, I lost Zoom for a few seconds. So so at that point, all of our streams are dead. So we're still recording what we're going to record for the audio show. Okay. But uh, That's you know, the, the streams are gone. Yep. Okay. Wow. <laughs> all right. Uh, what I was going to say was is that I'm actually um, at a, kind of a loss as to the what Nintendo is going to do. Because at first, you know, it's like, yeah... Pro, do a Switch Pro, but Nintendo's gotten away from trying to compete with the graphics. So I don't know why this is any different from, okay, yeah. PlayStation, Xbox is doing their thing with the graphics. They're, the, the same, they're at the same place they were when PS4 launched a year after Wii U. Yeah. yeah and it's I just now they're in the fourth the year parties. of the cycle instead of the second. I understand that concern with the third parties. You know, are they going to be able to do like what they did with Outer Worlds uh, to bring that over type of thing? Probably not, mm-hmm. unless they come out with a uh, newer chipset that would support something yeah. graphically. But I think uh, that's where I'm getting at is yeah. what do they do for third party? Like, I don't think Nintendo cares for themselves personally. Like, let's be honest, they they use the art style to their advantage yes. that they don't have to compete. Like Mario Kart is a juggernaut, right? But this thing is, it's just HD graphics and are cartoony, you know? And you look at Breath of the Wild, right? Breath of the Wild kills Horizon head to head in terms of like sales. But why is that? And that's because they use, it's a very similar game, but their art style is what can compete against it, you know, because they use that, that different art style where. Yes. It doesn't look realistic. It's never going to look real. They don't go for that type of graphics. But when you're trying to get The Witcher 3 to come over, if yes. you don't have enough juice under the hood, you're not able to do it. And and people complained of how bad that game looked when it first came out. But that's because they're comparing those graphics against a PS4 right. or an Xbox One. But if yeah. you compare it, if you just pick it up and played it and never compared it, I did. I enjoyed it. I was like, this game looks great. You know what I mean? Like. Right. But it's if, you're, if you don't know better, right? If you don't know any better, yes, exactly. But like it played well, it didn't have any problems, and I think that's the biggest key is 
if you don't know, it doesn't hurt you and it doesn't bother you. A good game's a good game. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So I what think I, that's what you have to get past. What I think is there, what I think that there is a potential for is, and I don't know the technical terms for it, but there has to be something or will be something to where Nintendo can do something to the chip, have a better chip processor, graphics processor that will allow it to take the next step without hurting their previous devices or software like they've done with the DS line where it was, you know, how long did that go for it all the way through the 3DS to be able to, you can still play DS games. So you still, that was what, 10, 12 years. So, and I know Bobby, you said that the switch is going to be one of those type of, Consoles that will last a long, long time because you just switch out those modularly, right? Exactly. Yep. So, yeah, it's uh, one of those things where I think that's how they will compete, Mm -hmm. um, especially with between modularly updating things, saying yes, you can switch Pro, whatever you want to call it, or just the you know switch two thousand twenty-two, you know, whatever you want to call it, and then Zelda two. We know everybody wants that. Mm -hmm. When are they going to drop it? Is yeah. the question right yeah. to compete with everybody else? Yeah, I think I think they're look at when they when they built this this console, it was already a chipset behind. Like Nvidia already had a more powerful chipset, right? But they didn't go with the more powerful. They went with what they've got, what we got, you know, because they were looking at price range, affordable yeah. price range. So by the time they're ready to upgrade, I think what will happen is Nvidia will be pushing their next chipset. And then it'll go, oh, okay, we'll take this chipset and move it up. Right. I think that's more or less what they're waiting on. Yes. It's a very interesting time as uh, as video game fans. And uh be interested to hear, hear what uh, Xbox responds with and obviously what Nintendo responds with. Yes. Guys, great conversation. Let's move on to what we've been playing. Bobby, as is the tradition here, you are the guest. So, sir, what have you been playing? I mean, obviously Animal Crossing, but besides mm-hmm. that, uh, Clubhouse Games, I've been playing that a lot, a lot more than I expected to play. Just playing by myself. I haven't really played with anybody yet and tried it out, that aspect of it. But I'm enjoying the game. Um, got into some chess. I started playing chess again. I haven't played chess in years, so that was fun. Um, but otherwise, I, I dude, the game is really fun, man. It's a good little... Good little, you know, chill chill thing. Like when I'm in between editing and I want to pick something up and play a couple quick games while I'm waiting for stuff to export or whatever, I grab it and I go. It's it's a lot of fun, man. It's awesome. And uh, Animal Crossing, how many hours in? Um, looks like I got getting disconnected from Zoom again, so hopefully this comes back shortly. And we should hear somebody saying, this meeting is being recorded. Oh, yeah, it shows in the top left there, recording. Does that mean I need to go over what I've been playing one more time? <laughs> no, we may just do some fancy editing, possibly. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, what have I been playing? Uh, I've been playing a couple of games. I'm playing some Borderlands, uh, the original, uh, and I've been enjoying that. Again, not uh, only being a Nintendo person, that's my first experience at it. Um, I did get Bioshock. Never played Bioshock before. I'm going to play Bioshock and do some streaming of that because uh, that is a first play for through for me. But what else have I been playing? Well, I have been playing a party game that I want to bring everyone's attention to, and it is called Night Squad. Now, so check this one out. It is Night Squad. It is done by the folks over at uh, Chain Awesome, and it is an up-to-eight-player uh, local party game. 
and you basically have a bunch of activities. Uh, it's top down and there's challenges. So it's like teams of four and it's capture the flag. So it is, you have to run, capture the flag, or maybe it's deathmatch, or maybe it's soccer, or it is a ton of really easy, quick to pick up party games that are easily accessible, a couple buttons, that's it. Um, and if you don't have eight players, you only have two of you or only one of you, the rest of it is filled in with bots and you can figure out how hard you want the bots to play as well. Very cool game, great party game. It reminds me of the idea of like, you pick up something like Killer Queen Black, so that when you have friends over, you play Killer Queen Black. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's that kind of like party game. This is another great example of it, but I think the accessibility that they have done with it to allow for eight part eight players is such a great option. And the scalability of like, oh, you've only got two, you've only got three, that's fine. It was um, my wife, uh, my daughter, and uh, I were playing. We left one of the oldest daughter didn't want to play. So just three of us. So they literally said, okay, we're against dad. And they went two on that side, I went on this side, and the rest filled in with bots. We chose how hard we wanted the bots. It is that game is again called Night Squad, uh, and it is out on the Nintendo Switch eShop right now. Tons of really, really cool games. They describe it as a retro party game reminiscent of Bomberman and old school Gauntlet. Uh, so check it out. Super, super cool. I think, again, Killer Queen Black, uh, Towerfall, this is one of those games I would put in that kind of like party game have people over category uh, and i don't think it's very expensive either so check that out the other game i would uh, i've been playing maybe tim you and i can have a pocket talk about this and, and bobby i'd like to hear yours so i've been playing outer worlds uh finally was able to get a copy of that here locally and i will say let me just start off with saying this i'm enjoying it um i have never i never played a fallout game before again only Nintendo stuff, right? So I've never played a Fallout game. I've never had those decision trees, those conversations. But I will say one of the things I'm really impressed about for Outer, Outter Worlds, uh, and the reason I was very interested in it, is it was a kind of game of the year contender for a lot of people, is the story writing and the characters I find very compelling. And I will be very honest Agreed. with you. I agree. The, the thing that I've, they struggled with that I haven't felt struggled with in a lot of games before was the decisions I was being asked to make. Hmm. And I don't want to spoil it too much. You know, I'll have a conversation a bit about it, Tim. And, and so, again, if you're, if you're like, hey, I, I'm going to play Outer Worlds later. I've never played before. You may want to fast forward by about three minutes. This is a bit of spoiler zone. But you, your first mission is essentially you have to you land on this planet or you find your way to this planet. You need, you're being asked to divert power from a small settlement back to kind of this main, main uh, camp. And you go and you talk to the, the settlement, the camp, and they're kind of like, well... Listen, we don't want to go back. The person's really mean. I'm going to tell you what they did. Like, my, my child died at his hands, and he's not a very nice person, and this is horrible. And so you're kind of like, what do I do, right? Because you have an objective of, like, you need to do this power cell. So either you remove power here or you remove power somewhere else, but things aren't going to go well. And so you're really compelled to make this tough decision, knowing that someone's going to be upset with you or angry with you. And ultimately, um, and I'm going to be interested, Tim, what, you're, what you did here, I diverted power back to the settlement, or not the settlement, the, 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 the garden, but back to the city. And then I walked down to the city, and the person who gave me that task, I killed them. Uh, and then I walked back to the settlement, and I said, good news, the person who was being a jerk is now dead. You can now return back to your community. Um, and I felt good about that, but there was like a moral... 
decisioning that I didn't that I had to make that uh, was really tough. I'm going to be very honest with you. So I'm enjoying it. I think it's very interesting. Uh, very good writing. Controls are okay. Um, I'm going to be honest, and, and I think Tim, you talked about it. Graphics are graphics hit hard on this one, right? There's like there are definitely like, hey, I'm running in this field, and all of a sudden it stops, and the load icon rolls for about three seconds, and then we go again, right? And you're like, yeah. ooh. And some of the 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 color palettes and texture palettes are like, it looks like your kid's fingerprint paint. Uh, so it is definitely some 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 challenges. It'll be interesting to see, and I think we talked about it earlier. What happens with this game? Is it going to kind of get the Witcher treatment, where we are going to continue to see it grow and progress and get better and better and and be a you know be the quality we need it to be, or is it kind of like, no, we're done and dusted. It is what it is. You might get some no, little little patches. Um, it'll be interesting, but for a person who had never played that kind of franchise before. Um, I'm enjoying it. And I think that's the thing, right? Games don't have to always be perfectly pretty. Um, but I will say that it definitely, the graphics definitely are pulling away from a little bit of my enjoyment of it. Yeah. Um, because you can see you're like, you're just pushing the system a little bit harder than it needs to. Pop-in's a little bit tough, that load screen there. Now, I have only played it docked. I have not played it in handheld at all. And my understanding is that handheld does clean up some of those things, makes it feel a little bit better. But I do a lot of my, I'm, Tim's giving me one of these like maybes. Um, but uh, docked is where I play most of it as well. Guys, I, that... I got it. I got it for mainly uh, because I wanted to play it in handheld. Because if I was going to play it mainly docked, you know, for you, you only have the Nintendo. For me, I have a PS4. So if I was going to play it docked, I might as well play it on my PS4. I got it because of the handheld factor. And I think that's the same reason why a lot of people chose The Witcher. And I tried to bring that up a lot in the video when I did the video for that game and did the streams for that game for The, the Outer World. Uh, was that if you are a person who wants graphics first, then gameplay, go play it on Xbox or PlayStation or PC or wherever where it has the better graphics. Go there. You'll enjoy it better. If you're okay with the, the lesser graphics and you're playing it for gameplay purposes, uh, for the story and all that kind of stuff, and you want it on the go, obviously then you go with the Switch. Um, and for me, that's why I was happy to get it. I too have not played a, a Fallout game. Um, I've been very interested in those games. Just it was something I didn't want to sit down in front of the TV and play a lot of at the time. So when this was talked about coming out. I was excited about it. Then I heard it's coming to the Switch, even more excited. I knew it was going to take a hit graphically. I knew what I was going to get into. All I wanted to do was be fun and give me a good narrative. And that's what it's been doing so far. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. I like it. All right, folks. I would say we're going to transition to another one. I don't think uh, Jesse's coming back. I got a message from him that his internet has been completely offline so we're just going to continue this way uh ladies and gentlemen <laughs> let's move on to our community spotlight and this would just be like <laughs> awesome thank you very much uh, Bobby, this is where we throw to the guest and say, tell us more about you. You've been here a lot, but talk to us I've about what we need yet. to know uh, about Bobby Paul's Nintendo Guru. Um, I think I think a lot of 
what we're doing now is we've kind of transitioned. We're doing a lot of streaming now. Um, I still do YouTube content daily. Um, and I think that's the thing. Like I, I started to, I did this weird transition where I went from YouTube to I'm going to just be on Twitch all the time to now I'm back to YouTube and I'm doing both pretty regularly. Um, I'm streaming on YouTube and on Twitch um, just because I'm trying to see where to go completely. Like I might be going completely back to YouTube. I don't know yet, but it's weird. Cause every time I, I decide to do that, like I start to look at um, numbers and I'm like, well, my numbers are actually rising on Twitch now. So where do I go? You know? And it's, so it's kind of weird, but, but anyway, that, that aside, that's neither here nor there. Um, I do you, I do Nintendo content through and through. I got a podcast with Sean Capri called a cup of Joe and Nintendo. That it's about a 30 minute conversation where it's just him and I just acting, you know, acting like we're sitting down in the coffee shop having a conversation about uh, Nintendo. And it could be, it's just a casual conversation that we don't get into the crazy uh, topics and, and, and all the, the, the hot debates and the hot topics and stuff like that. We just ha- talk about the things that we love and the things that we want to do. And it's a very casual conversation. Um, and I feel like it, it comes off like that and uh, very bite-sized and very digestible with 30 minute podcast. Uh, it's like almost as we start getting going with some good stuff, it's like, okay, see you later. We're done. Uh, so I love that. I love that about the show. Um, One of my you, favorite shows, Bobby. Love, thank your, you. love that show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and, and, don't boo me. Get out of here, Justin. <laughs> so then the, then the other thing is um, on Wednesday nights, I stream live with Pat, Nintendo Talk, and we do a podcast called Nook Talk. And uh, that is a two-hour podcast where we do the first hour is basically a podcast format. And then the second half, we kick it to the audience that's watching live and we, we get their questions. And it's been such an amazing thing to see the community show up for that show in droves. Uh, the questions that come out of it is just amazing. So we have such a good time with that. Um, and then the other thing I do is I took the other podcast I was doing breaking bells and I've turned that into a uh, daily show kind of where my co-host now Holly, who from years ago when I used to do the geek cast, she was on that. And now me and her are doing a daily video where we we both bring four, two topics each and then we spend 10 to 15 minutes on one topic and then on Mondays one one clip one segment goes to her YouTube channel Tuesdays it's mine Wednesdays it's hers Thursdays is mine and then that's basically what we do and we we don't again we don't handle big heavy hitting topics we kind of try to help the community in terms of like you know, tips and tricks and stuff like that. Like what can help you progress your game and different things. So it's, it's kind of been a blast. And then the streaming is just basically all animal crossing all the time. And it's been phenomenal. We, we do a game, like I said earlier, we do a game called uh nook or no nook, which is just like deal or no deal where I bring, we, what we do is we utilize the discord. I'm like, Hey, pick a number between one and a thousand. And I write the number down here on my desk. And then, uh, and then the person that, comes closest to it is the contestant on the show bring them on and then we play for a million bells and it is such a blast i built a set on in my like on my island so they come and there's all these briefcases set up and and the one briefcase that's a million bells is gold it's when you open it up it's all gold bars where the other ones are dollars 
So then I have like this chart where I, I write down the prices and then I move the, you know, I blur my screen so they can't see and I move the million bells where it needs to go. And then we play for it. And uh, one person actually won. One person won a million bells and it was such a blast. That's like, awesome. Really, that's yeah. really cool. And it's so intense. Like the audience that's there, they're all into it. Like they're telling them, like they're trying to help. It's like a real game show. It's so funny, man. Such a blast. So, but that's pretty cool. That, that. that is fantastic. So again, people can find you obviously over on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Uh, guys, you know, Bobby's been part of our community, our friends for nearly five years and just some yeah. tremendous work if you have not already subscribed to him showed him some love uh make sure you do and if you're an animal crossing fan you have to be watching the content he's doing because it is some awesome awesome stuff thank you thank you bobby we're always so grateful to have you join us as well despite me giving you barbs about everything <laughs> so uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start wrapping the show here very quickly, but there are a couple things we have to do first and foremost. Uh, we have to announce three, three months of eShop winners. We had forgot to do it during the pandemic, apparently. Whoops. Thank you, Tim, for keeping us honest. So, drum roll. <laughs> All right, our three winners for the months of March, April, and May are Christopher, Andy, and Ariel. Uh, we have got your email addresses. Tim, we're going to shoot them an email. Is that right? Yes. Uh, or I think it's usually if they, if, when they hear this, uh, reach out to Marty, but we'll definitely yep. reach out to them via their email as well. So Perfect. Excellent. And we, uh, we have some, some $25 eShop cards to give it away. And Tim, how did they get entered to win? They were patrons of, of our community. So just, they, just like they, they could have been $1 or more. Yeah, one dollar or more Patreon subscribers automatically entered to win potentially twenty-five dollars of eShop gift cards every single month. We roll, we uh, we pull those as well. Yep. Right, moving over to our mailbag, and then we're going to wrap this up. We have got two questions here. One of these is actually very specific to Jesse. And for those of you who are like, where did Jesse go? Uh, Jesse just sent me a message. He's like, we have a complete internet outage at our city or our town or our house, so I'm out. So we're going to save this question for Jesse later. I'll make him to email this one back. But our next question comes from MechaDragon101. He asks, hey, Nintendo dads, I hope you're doing well. And it's good to see the world is still finally starting to reopen bit by bit now after the quarantine. My question for you, and I'm hoping I haven't asked this previously, is how far or how much of a game can take from another game before it goes for inspiration or love letter or basically being a, co a copycat or a ripoff of another game. I asked this because I saw a comment on a trailer video Nintendo put up to promote a new indie game called Bug, Bugs Fables. And, that, uh, and it was asked how the devs managed to get away with putting a game on the Switch that basically looks like it took so many concepts and ideas out of Paper Mario to the point where everyone can tell where its inspiration came from. People replied on the comments saying that tons of indie games don't even bother to hide where their inspiration or concepts came from. Examples, Axiom Verge or Blossom's Tale. I hope this question has made sense and I'm looking forward to the podcast. Thanks very much. And that's from Mecha Dragon. So very interesting question. There's another game, obviously, and, I, and so... Great, great reference out to Bug Fables, but there's another game where I saw a trailer for, again, Windbound, I believe it's called, coming out in August. And it like, if it does not look like a one-star version of Breath of the Wild, yeah. right? Like, it, it, is, it is, looks identical. Like, yeah. like, game mechanics, almost environments. Like, like, so much so that I was watching, I was like, how are you not getting sued? Like, it felt so much. So the question about... What is the difference between, I guess, inspiration, love letter, and, and carbon copy? So there's, so 
for people that always wonder why Nintendo is very sue happy with their IPs, this is why. Uh, there is, and this goes back to back to the NES days when there was Street Fighter, obviously, and I think it was something else, Fighter, and they were very identical games. And what happened was was not Street Fighter. The other game sued Street Fighter and Capcom. And when it went to court, the judge basically was like, they're different enough. And they were basically carbon copy games, identical games. So that's why Nintendo immediately started like, they're all about the IPs. Like, you've got to be protective of the IP. I Listen, I'm not really... Like, I look at games like Blossom Tales and Axiom Verge, and... I'm okay with those games. I'm, I, I love those games. I think they're great games. I think I start to run into the problem when people are making games, utilizing Nintendo IP, utilizing Nintendo assets, and then Nintendo shuts it down, and then they flip out. Like, Nintendo's the big, bad wolf. And my thing is, is like, if you want to do a Nintendo game, like a top-down Zelda, go do your top-down Zelda. Just do it better. You know, and I think that's what uh, Blossom Tales does. Blossom Tales takes a link to the past, and I think does it as good, if not better, because of the funny storyline. And they and and listen, they're not hiding it. They come straight out and tell you, like, this is where we got. It. There's even like jokes in the game about that, you know, about Link and all that stuff. And like, so they're not trying to hide what they're doing. They're basically doing an homage. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that what you, your biggest problem is is when they basically steal the IP to some degree. That's where I have the problems. Yeah. I mean, I think the other part of it is that, you know, when you think of the gaming maturity or growth, right? Like, like everything feels like it's borrowing from something. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like the term Metroidvania, yeah. right? Like, like you can call it. So is so is it take inspiration from Castlevania or Metroid? Like, like when you think of these kind of these, these foundational games that, that came into existence back in the eighties and nineties that we were so smitten with, I think um, link the past, a great example there, Bobby. Um, of course you're going to be inspired by those things. You're inspired by the things you're attached to or, or that you remember. Right. And now presuming that all of a sudden they're like, and this is our character link and he's wearing a green tunic and, or sorry, he's wearing a red tunic just so it's different. And it's the exact same game. That's a challenge. Right. Yeah. But, but I think when you can take inspiration from an idea um, and, and move it forward or change it or, or make it your own, I think, I think that's great. Right. I think, I think Axiom Verge is a great example that again, you may reference that as well. Um, Games steal from games all the time, from ideas, battle systems, methodologies, storylines, right? Like, hey, here's the sharp reality. There's really no original ideas anymore. Mm, no, not anymore. Right? So, yeah. so let, let's be honest. It is what it is. Um, I, think the, I think the easiest or the best answer to this was when Breath of the Wild came out. Um, people were going to, I think it's what? Tokyo Studio or Studio Tokyo, whatever, and they were like, "Hey, man, Nintendo ripped off Dark Souls," and Dark Souls, the, the producers and stuff came out like, "I think we've stolen a lot. I think people, developers over the years, have stolen a lot of stuff from Nintendo. I think it's okay for them to take back at this point." Yeah, you know, and it's it, it, everybody copies everybody. It's just mm-hmm. it's just what happens, you know. Yeah, exactly. Great question, though. Great, great conversation. Uh, again, uh, just a quick reminder, Andrew, we did see your email. Jesse has abandoned us, so we will have him comment to you directly. 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think that is the end of the show. Before we wrap it up, Jesse, not Jesse, haha, Bobby. 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 Yes, sir. Where do people find you? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, at Nintendo Guru. Check us out over on NintendoGuru.com, YouTube.com slash Nintendo Guru. That's it. Good. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you Thank so you. much for your Thank time. You. I know it's a very late night. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Tim, anything else that I'm missing before we wrap it up? No, sir. I think we got it all here. Okay. I love your silence. You're just kind of like, hmm, yes. <laughs> just like, yes. Just listening, watching the show from afar. Yep. Right. Just <laughs> ladies, and, ladies and gentlemen, I got to give some big, huge thanks out to our Patreon producers. That's Chris Mears, Dave Ernsberg, Scott, uh, Sean Abbott, and Antonio Contrario. Guys, hey, we've got a website, nintendodads.org. Head over there. You can check out all of our information on there. It has links to all of our social, including YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, the podcast feed, Instagram, Twitch, all the things that we are on, so do it. Uh, we got a merch shop and all that stuff, so if you want a quilt with my face on it, with this mustache, you absolutely can have that. All right, of course, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can also email us just like uh, Mecha Dragon and Andrew did. We may or may not read your emails. I'm going to be straight out honest with you. You know what I'm saying? Head over to NintendoDads at gmail.com. Or, of course, if you want to leave a voicemail, and I will say we did have a voicemail that did call in earlier in the show. Ladies and gentlemen, again, that goes on Jesse because he usually sends it through. So we're kind of like flying without a wingman right now. But if you do have a voicemail, 92925NDADS or 92925-6337. Big thanks to OC Remix and Carter Johnson and Adam Leonard for our amazing artwork. I'm going to tease this. I'm going I'm to drop a, tra- a tease here. A change is a coming to Nintendo Dads. Stay tuned on our social feeds. You will see something new coming in the coming weeks. That is what I will say. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, you can catch us on all of your favorite podcast catchers. That's CastBox, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. And by the way, while you're there, tickety-tack, tickety-tack, write a five-star or four-star review. If you want to write a three-star, two-star, one-star review, head over to Cuppa Joe. Uh, on any podcast uh, platform and you can leave a crappy review there but not these guys these guys are four or five stars not cup of joe am i right bobby pauls well one thing i want to say i'm right no wait 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 wait, wait. one thing i want to say to you you messed up totally you're you're trying to hype your social medias you didn't do it right it's called if you want to get people hyped up you got to tell them don't call to come back and everything is good hate i hate you so much i hate you so much oh ladies and gentlemen this has been episode 284. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, a couple things to be aware of. We are going to try and do the best that we can. A live reaction to EA Play. Does Justin get Apex Legends? Is Plants vs. Zombies coming? Will Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order come to the Nintendo Switch? Probably not. But we're going to be live reacting, and we hopefully that you will tune in. And then that night, ladies and gentlemen, we have got another podcast hot off the heels where we're going to pull in together all the news guys thank you so much for listening thank you for subscribing be well be safe take care of each other bye 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 and that's where the end of the show goes so i just hit stop on the recording right okay yep and pray to god that it's actually working let's stop
Thank you for listening into Nintendo Dads. <laughs>